Welcome to the Film Coterie. I'm Roger. I'm Adam. And this is episode number 29 for the week of November the 10th. 2017 on this week's episode we have a mystery co-host and we're going to travel to the orient to ride a train and explore a potential murder and then we're going to talk a little bit about some whodunits all in one amazing wrapped up episode of the film coterie now you realize you mentioned whodunit there's three of us in a room we're all suspects yep we're kind of in that story feature of what a whodunit could be so yes. hopefully we all make it through the night Absolutely. So uh, we are excited to have a, a guest co-host tonight, and uh, she is a film lover and has an opinion, so she is well qualified to be on this podcast. <laughs> we want to say hello to Marnie. Well, thank you. It's great to have you, Marnie, and uh, so our listening audience can get to know a little bit about you, you know, um, what are some of your movie tastes, what do you like, and uh um, why did you agree to hang out with us first and foremost? Well, um, I was very happy when I got the notice that you guys invited me to um, be a part of this crew. I am a huge movie lover. I always have been since I was a kid, and I think that was my mother's fault. Um, <laughs> and, and, you know, by virtue of that, I think um, I, I really have a, a, a penchant for a lot of old classics and you know come on yeah i yeah. know i i do i still watch yeah. you know why are you shaking, why are you shaking your head adam <laughs> <laughs> it's something up marty i'm very glad to have you on here we joked about we need to diversify and we're doing that yeah. it's great to have a female voice on here but the funny thing is with the other host we're talking about too she's into horror you're into old films, so we've kind of diversified, but we've also just doubled up on our interests <laughs> between Roger and I. Yes, but yeah. it's going to be great to have the ladies' perspective tonight. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's not just that. I, you know, I a lot of times, because I was a tomboy growing up, but I absolutely love um, action movies. <laughs> like, you know, the more shoot them up, blow them up, yeah. you know, that kind of Absolutely. thing. Absolutely. Fast yeah. cars. <laughs> All that's you know, Fast and Furious stuff, or you know, Mission Impossible kind of things. I I, yeah. I love it. So I, I I tend to you know I, I don't know if you want to say more like a guy that way, but um, but I love those kind of movies. Well, we're excited to make you an honorary member tonight of the Film Coterie crew. So <laughs> thank you so much for being here with us. Now, um, what's been happening with you, Adam? Anything exciting this week? Uh, yeah, we'll cover the most exciting thing at the end. <laughs> I so you gotta get to it right now. I know, I know. Something awesome happened today. Yep. Um, it'll be released tomorrow, and we'll talk about it at the end of the episode. So you I'm have to hang with you, us. I, you've heard me say this before: to stick around to the end. And sometimes you might be disappointed. Sometimes you might be excited. But it's worth. I'm telling you, it's worth sticking around to the end today. We have an exciting announcement and an exciting thing to share with you about something really awesome that got to happen with the film coterie today. So anyway, Let's, well, before we go on to, yeah. we were just talking before we started Marnie that we all watch movies differently. I like to go to the theater. I go as often as uh -huh. I can. Not everyone has the freedom to get to the theater as often as they like. True. So what's your movie viewing like? What's your typical movie habits? Well, there was a time when I used to actually go to the theaters quite a bit, but it's been a long time since I've had the opportunity to do that. It just, schedule-wise and everything, it's been really tough. So I tend to binge on Netflix. 
<laughs> yeah. I, Been I, there, I can relate. Yes, I stay yeah. up late. You know, I'll watch HBO or uh, binge on Netflix, and and then once in a while I will go and do the red box thing. You know, sure. if I can't wait to yep. watch a newer movie that came out, and I don't want to wait till it gets well, on you know, Netflix. And the quality. We've talked about this on the podcast. We are a film podcast, of course, but. There's so much TV now that is film level, film quality, you know? Yeah. There's some amazing stuff. I mean, we're big Stranger Things fans. And oh, yes. Netflix is doing some incredible stuff, you know, as far as their movies that they're putting out. And HBO, of course, with from The Sopranos on, has set the bar for... Amazing. The Wire. Okay, The Wire, yes. I, I never really got into The Wire, though. That was a little bit before my HBO viewing time. But, uh, yeah, so it's, it's really exciting to see great and well see here's the cool thing amazon is now releasing movies their studio amazon studios is making movies and releasing them in the theater then taking them to direct to their service netflix is buying up these at these festivals they're buying up films and in this and releasing them and and so here who would have thought that like 10 years ago seven years ago maybe even five years ago you'd have netflix and amazon have movies that are Oscar contenders or could be up for an Oscar, you know? I mean, that's just... It's a crazy world. Cats and dogs living together. What's going on? (laughs) TV and movie coming together. Yeah, now that you just mentioned that, it just reminded me, I actually just recently got the Amazon Prime membership thing and so apparently it comes with the oh it's, you know it's insane the, the movie stuff or tv or whatever i haven't used the amazon prime for that yet but i'll probably give it a shot it is the greatest bonus ever i love the shipping i love the free yes. two-day shipping yeah but getting all the movies and, and original productions is incredible well, let me give a plug real quick for amazon then because my parents got me hooked on a show they kept saying you have to watch this you have to watch this and i i did i, I finally got around to it. it's called fortitude it's on Amazon. It's a Norwegian crime drama, which are all the rage right now. But ah, it's really good. Uh, we'll have to check that so out. So if you're dipping your toe in over at Amazon, I would look for Fortitude. It's, a, I think they have the exclusive rights to it. Especially if it's a murder mystery. It's a murder mystery okay, yeah, at the northern edge of the world. <laughs> that's my that's that's polar bears. I like that, that's a good tie-in for tonight. Huh? Yeah, polar Absolutely. bears and serial killers. Ooh. Excellent. Well, I think it's time for us to jump right into our feature for tonight. You're listening to The Film Coterie. We'll be right back after the music. All right, we're back for our Thursday night segment. The movie this week is Murder on the Orient Express, the old Agatha Christie yarn. Uh, there's a train, there's murder, there's snow, and there's a mystery. <laughs> so uh, this one is written, not written, it was directed and starring Kenneth Branagh as the, we've been struggling with the name, Hercule Perot. Yep. And a really, really good cast. Very good. Yeah everybody's in this movie yeah it actually had michelle pfeiffer actually i didn't realize michelle that. pfeiffer yeah. daisy ridley josh gad willem dafoe judy yeah. dench and yeah. i'm forgetting people i mean it's a full cast i'm bringing up the list right now on imd johnny depp and it is oh that's it, right yeah the, it's the, the 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 cast is just is just phenomenal um and I didn't know Kenneth Branagh directed this. Yep. 
I didn't either. I was like, oh, wow, that's hard work. To, to, he played the lead and directed himself, which had to be He's crazy. directed a lot of good movies, but for box office, you know, they always kind of put up their biggest success. It, mm-hmm. They could say directed by Thor director, <laughs> Kenneth Branagh. You remember he directed the original Thor? Get out of here. I forgot that. <laughs> yeah. You just blew my mind away, <laughs> Actually, man. I was just going to say, I don't think I knew that. Yeah. That's crazy, man. <laughs> I may have to stop the podcast and consider that. My mind just went, all gone right there, you know? That's probably how they got Anthony Hopkins on board. So what did you guys think of this film? What are your impressions? Let's set up our expectations. You guys are familiar with the older material. Correct. I am not. I've never read the book. I've never seen any of the movies. I've never seen any of the miniseries, so... I went in cold, completely cold. Yeah, that's why I'm really, really anxious to hear your take on it because of that. Well, let me just say this now. I have a special place in my heart for the 1974 Murder on the Orient Express. Same here. It's just one of those great... I I saw it when I was in high school. I may have saw it in an English class. I I saw it somewhere at school, and I've just always loved it. And you want to talk about star-studded cast... In this movie, yes. let me just give you some of the actors that were in the 1974. First of all, Sidney Lamont directed it, which was a big departure for him because he was really doing gritty, edgy stuff at that time. So this was a departure for him to, to do the 74 film. But check this out. Albert Finney, mm-hmm. who will always be to me, I really Perot. Like uh, yes. You didn't want to say his first name, did you? Yeah, Herc- Hercule. Hercule. It's actually Hercule. Hercules is how it's... Hercule. It's how it's spelled, but yes, yeah, it's, it's how it's spelled, but it's Hercule. 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 It's easy for me to say, <laughs> huh? <laughs> Just go with Perot. So listen to this. Yes. Mrs. Hubbard was Lauren Bacall. Yeah. Okay. Ingrid Bergman was Greta, and she also won an Oscar for her portrayal of Greta in this film. Jacqueline Bissett was Countess Androni, Andron- I don't know, the Countess, you know. Um, Sean Connery was I, Colonel Arberthot. I know. I can say I, I was mean, come on, this, Sean Connery. You know, we're going on. Anthony Perkins was McQueen. Vanessa Redgrave was Mary. I mean, Richard Widmark of... I mean, he's just an icon of classic westerns and mm-hmm. that whole genre to begin with. Uh, was in this as well. He played Ratchet. Um, so, so, I, so, just so you know, I, I have this incredible place in my heart for the original 1974. I just loved Finney's portrayal of the uh, of Perot and his quirkiness. And I told Adam on the ride over here when you watch Finney portray uh, Perot. He would almost have been as comfortable in a circus as he was on a train there because he just was so his mannerisms and his he would contort his body and and then he would you know just wisecrack and and off 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 the wall remarks to different people and stuff and so so before we even get to what we think of tonight I, ha- I have this really special place in my heart for this 1974 version never saw the TV series even though I heard it was good. Never saw it, but... Uh, okay, so I'm cold. Rogers put the original, not the original, the 74 version up on a pedestal. Yes, yeah, I have. Where, no, where are you with the movie? Yeah, I, I'm kind of in the same place because, I, again, I love that kind of genre, and I love the way that they film that those kinds of movies, and even just the lighting that they use and, and the way that they cut in and out of the scenes. It just, to me, it lent more to the mystery it's i mean it just built that 
suspense, you know, and it's like, oh my God, you know, what's going to happen? What's going to happen next? And then it's like, you're never really sure. I mean, it's almost like, you know, you're on the edge of your seat, like, oh my God, who did it? You know, it's like, you couldn't, it's like yeah. one minute you're thinking it's this person and then you're like, oh, wait a minute. No, it, it's, it seems more like this other yeah. person. And it just really, I don't know, the original was, I just love the way that well, that was filmed. Now, uh, now, Marty really made a, an astute observation, and let's just roll right into what we thought of this movie. I want to say from the top, I liked the 2017 version. I liked the I movie. Did. I, I did. enjoyed the movie that I saw tonight, okay? I mm -hmm. liked it. But there's a stark contrast. We watched a film. 1974 is a, a film shot with film. You know, it looked like a movie shot in location kind of deal. Yeah. It was very obvious to me that this movie was shot on a soundstage with a lot of computer CGI. Correct. I mean, the, per, the lighting yes. was way too perfect at times. Yeah. The yes. backdrops were way too clear. Yeah. Too, the visuals were stunning. It's stunning, but it was almost fantastical. Yeah. Like you weren't actually in a real world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, I pointed that out after the scene where... Perot and, and Daisy Ridley's character outside for, they called it the picnic. Yeah. They're having coffee yes. or tea. They're perfectly lit. There's no shadow. I mean, there's that soundstage lighting. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I just started looking at the background. You could almost feel some of the seams where, where that wall of green screen would be. It yeah, just, it didn't feel like they're outside. There's no wind. Yeah. I mean, it was perfectly now, calm. I will say this though. I thought the acting was pretty solid. In yes. This film. Oh I mean, yeah. I think the acting across the board is pretty solid in this film. I mean, I thought Bronig brought his own thing. Now, I love the callback with the covered mustache, you know, <laughs> and some of the things you see. There's little subtle callbacks to the 1974 film. Yes. But Bronig made Perot his own detective, his own kind of guy. And this movie hinges on that. Without yes. Perot, the movie doesn't work. Exactly. So he's the most important part, and you guys both yes. like his performance? Yeah. Actually, I did. Yeah. I, I, You know, and again, I, I kind of had to mentally separate my, uh, you know, how how I looked at the 74 film right. and then this film and just, you know, try to, you know, uh, I, I guess, uh, give it both their own merits for what it was. Because uh, you almost kind of have to do that with, with this movie but just because of the way that the film, the way they filmed movies back then compared to the way they do now it is going to lend a, a, a different feel but man i'll tell you I, I i really was pleased with with what they did with this movie yeah i liked his performance um yeah. they get you used to his mixture of english and french right off the bat yeah. the first scene he's using it more yeah. there than anywhere else it, it kind of tapers off yeah throughout the course of the movie now i will say one of the differences in finney's portrayal is he uses all English for the most part with a very heavy French accent, if that makes sense. That would have been easier for audiences back then. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but what did you guys think of some of the performances? Like specifically Daisy Ridley. I mean, coming off Star Wars fame, you know, could you buy her? Or did you see Star Wars the whole time you watched her? I'm just curious. I didn't. I, I, I didn't think about it. I got to admit, um, <laughs> the, I have some issues with the movie. It felt kind of like you're watching a, a stage theatrical performance. There were times when I felt like a, an actor was consciously moving to a mark, then delivering a line. There was something mechanical about some of the performances. It didn't feel very natural, and it was maybe the way they staged the shots or how they walked it out. 
it took me out. I mean, these characters are all one note characters and that's fine. That's what the movie needs. Yeah. But I didn't really feel like there's any standout performances other than Brana. I like Brana. I'd give him high praise in this role. Everyone else was just kind of flat. Well, would you say, Adam, that's to Brano's theater background and his yeah, classical I mean, study? You know, he, he, you know, without even seeing this special behind-the-scenes stuff that we'll get when this movie's released, you know he blocked every single shot, every scene, every, you know, because that's his background. That's kind of the way he, he rolls. Now, I did like the some of the flip it over and go over. It's so easy to get feel confined on a train, you know? Oh, yeah. And so they flipped it up where they would go over top of the train. They would shoot mm-hmm. from outside the train. Um, they would leave the train when it was stopped and go out a little bit. So that was kind of nice to change it up. You didn't get such a heavy claustrophobic feeling. Yeah, you it's know? a very contained right. story. They go out yeah. of their way to break those bonds. But like I said, I most of the performances were kind of just flat. I mean, it felt like theater, like watching live theater. I mean, there was very deliberate movements. Well, I wonder if because, again, going back to the way that, uh, you know, that they would film movies, you know, like back in 74, you know, and that what they were trying to portray back then and in in trying to keep some of that same feel in this newer movie. But the way that they film, I think it it kind of doesn't play as well as it does the way that they filmed it back then. I think it was easier to to kind of, I, I guess, use that technique um, with the, the type of filming they did then as now. Sure, yeah. The biggest offender, though, has to be Willem Dafoe. Oh, yeah. He might as well have been a <laughs> Scooby-Doo villain. <laughs> Actually, you know, now that you say that, because of all the characters he went that were big. Played, Yeah, he went a little over the top. He yeah. Went yeah. Big, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I still, I still, you know, the story's so good. That's the part of it. The, the murder mystery is so classical, and, and we're going to get into that in our next segment when we do kind of a whodunit kind of thing. Um, and I'll walk through some of the tropes and stuff that what makes a whodunit film or a murder mystery kind of deal. But so I love the Agatha Christie story, you know, and with mm-hmm. what was it, Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Marple and Perot or the two, her two main protagonist in her writings, you know, her two, her, her two main detectives. And so you just like this story. Um, what I think about, you know, again, I'm prejudiced toward the 74 version was, you know, you want all these characters to be single notes because when they come together as a chorus, it's kind of a really cool thing, you know. Um, but in, in, this, in the one we saw tonight, I, I agree. I thought Ronick was, was great. Um, I had some real problems with the end of the movie, and I shared those with you on the ride over, you know. Um, and that's because I really enjoyed the I'm, the '74 version. Okay, I'm see, glad see, you said that. See, because <laughs> like when Perot, he was always so snappy, quirky, you know. Okay, just boom, quick wit. And in the '74 version, he just says, you know, one of two choices, and he goes through. He and he literally does this big long monologue in the '74 version where. They kind of did that tonight, where he's walking them through the the who, who who might be the perpetrator, who might not be, right? You know, and that's not giving anything away, or spoilers or anything whatsoever. But you know, and and but when he gets to his judgment, yeah, and calling him out, he just doesn't goes on. Whereas in this one, they kind of, it's it, like we got we have to have this dramatic moment, and specifically with one of the characters. Not the Willem Dafoe character, maybe, but with one of the characters, 
it seemed to me like how do I say this without getting into spoiler territory? It was a little too contrived. Maybe. Well, it was like, okay, my part has to get really big to match Romney's part, and then now we're going to have to have this dramatic scene at the end. And I really didn't. I didn't, I didn't like that. I love. I really, really was enjoying the movie up to the very, very end. Yeah, actually, I, I felt the same way because again, the the way that they they came to the conclusion in the original was much more suspenseful i thought yes. i and, and I, I i just and that's i think a testament to finney's yeah portrayal too at the same time his way he builds it in in the momentum without being spoilery you know yeah. <laughs> right exactly i don't spoil it for those who haven't seen it you know yeah but, um, so i, I would have preferred then and to get to that moment to get to the end I mean, this is a whodunit. There's a train. There's a murder. The murderer is on board the train. You know, so it's a limited cast of characters. Who did it? So there's this is more probably fault with the source material than it is with Brana or the screenwriter. It's such a straight path. Right. I mean, Perot is basically just walking a straight line through a museum and stopping to look at an exhibit, another exhibit, and another exhibit, and then reveal his conclusion. There's no twists and turns. Well, he's on a train. Where else is he going to go? Right. But the story doesn't. (laughs) But I know what you're saying. It's a metaphor for the story as well. It's a straight path. You know, there's no no, no place to deviate here. I mean, I I was kind of bored in the movie. I won't lie. The middle really kind of dragged for me. Yeah. It had an interesting beginning, and then, you know, the murder... And it, it just didn't feel like it was doing anything interesting with some of the new noir, some of the new murder mysteries that may be spoiling sure. us for yeah. having interesting turns and twists. And yeah. this is such a straight path <laughs> that he's just really stopping to look at things and then reach a conclusion. Well, actually, I was, I, I was wondering, since you had not seen the original and you really didn't know much about the movie or who had done it and that sort of thing, how, I mean, did you find... Um, the, the the end result was that I mean were you expecting it? I was, but I don't want to. I'll talk to you privately. I won't spoil what, what okay. tipped it to me. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, I I like the ending. I saw. Coming. I'm I'm curious. Okay. Just at what point in the movie did you think you had it figured out? Right. That's that was I was curious. I don't want to spoil it because it's a specific okay. thing. Okay. Okay. That's fine. All it's right. a screenwriting thing. It's okay. sort of the uh, yeah. Right. Because that was my other thing that I really wasn't crazy about this this movie was, I thought they were real blunt and heavy handed at times. Yes, with, they with, were. Where, whereas in the in the seventy four version, the clues were much, much more, more subtle yes. and, and inferred, and you had to pay attention. Actually, to be honest with you, I watched the seventy four one again this week with my son Zach because he's like, oh, murder mystery, and we and literally I was totally there, but he's a 16-year-old kid, and when it was the movie was all the way over, he looked at me and said, "Now who done it?" Yeah. <laughs> because that's just the way that's the way they did the 70. It was, right. you know, you had to be paying attention yeah. to, to yeah. really know who done it kind of a deal, yeah. you know. Yeah. So. Oh, this one spells it out for you, but Yes. Yes. That's probably studio notes too. The studio it's not going to let them make a vague movie. They they really underestimate what the American audience is capable of figuring out. That's why they have characters oh, explain things. That. This kind of feels like it has some studio notes yeah. on it. Now I will say this. So you know, if I I don't think this is going to make our film coterie recommend. You know, I mean, neither one of us I think is really going to say unabashedly this is our stamp of approval. But I will say, and I won't speak for you. I'll let you say what you think about Adam, but. I will say this. This is the kind of movie my wife and my kids would really like. My son, Zach, would probably like this movie better than the 74 one. 
you know, just because I think the beats and the prettiness of it and the humor and the, I think I think they would enjoy it better, you know. Um, they I think did they have would, some clever lines in there that were really funny. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> it has some good humor. I yeah, laughed. Absolutely. It did. So, Adam, thought any final thoughts? Uh, I mean, it was fine. I'm not saying this is a bad movie. It just didn't work for me. Yeah. But I totally would have watched it on HBO. Like, this is the kind of movie that is a good find on yes. TV. No, yeah. I, it's one of those movies you're yeah. like, oh, yeah, I remember the original. I, I want to watch this to see what it's like kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're going to talk about it at the end. There's so many good movies out right now that, yes. that you know, make me fall in love instantly with them. And this just wasn't one of them. It, sure. Nothing really wrong with but it. But, hey, it's a new release. Yep. That's what we do on Thursday nights. We, <laughs> well, you know, sometimes the pickings are more slim than others on the new releases. You Our know. audience yeah. was kind of diverse. It was decently yeah. attended. Yep. And like I said, before I'd gotten out of the theater, literally before I'd walked down the aisle and left the theater, I'd heard polar opposites. One mm-hmm. guy hated it and said, I knew who did it halfway through. And then another couple was like, oh, I love that. Wasn't that great? And yeah. he's like, oh, yeah, that was great. Yeah, I heard you a know? few people that were walking out say that they really liked it quite a bit. So, well, uh, I would say this. I was surprised at how many 20-somethings and younger walked in. Actually, I was, I was too. I wasn't expecting that. I thought it would be an older crowd yeah. just because yeah. of the source material. But maybe the cast, Daisy Ridley mm-hmm. and some of the actors and stuff that were in it, maybe drew some of those younger crowd as well too. So Actually, you know what I think I would hope is that maybe it would have you know build curiosity in some of those people to go and watch the original and see the difference in the filming and how yeah. they filmed it. No. I, I think that would be awesome if people would yeah. go back and watch the original. Now, I will say this. Watching the 74 one now, this week, as opposed to in the 80s when I first saw it, there's a couple times the movie is, is a little dated, you know, because when they shot that movie in 74, the soft focus lighting was real popular. So there's three or four mm-hmm. times they used that real soft, glowing lighting. I thought, okay, 70s movie right there, you know. <laughs> but I just love, I love Albert Finney and his portrayal. Oh, yeah. And I thought Fabulous. Kenneth Bran- Branagh made, it his, made Perot yeah. his own. Yeah. So good for him, you know. And who knows where we'll go. Maybe we'll get more. Of these Agatha Christie Perot murder mystery adventures, so I, I could see that they would do that. It's I can tell what they're doing for programming. They put it out now right before Thanksgiving, okay? Because there's no movie for adults coming out. There's two comic book movies. We had Thor last week. We have Justice League next week. Yep. We have Coco, the new Pixar movie for kids. We have Daddy's Home too for the broad comedy. So there was no real wide release adult drama. Right. So it's good programming. Yeah. I just I just don't know that it's going to get an audience because families are, are more likely going to go see a comic book movie or the Pixar movie. Yeah, I agree. Over the Thanksgiving holiday. I don't know how it's going to do at the box office. I know it wasn't tracking super well, and it yeah. wasn't a cheap movie to shoot between the cast and the... Yeah. But, you know, uh, surprisingly, it w- the theater was far from full, but how many times have we been to the theater and there's like 12 other people... It's and a we, weird theater, though, because yeah. we've been there and it's packed and a movie bombs. We've been there and it's empty and the movie opens to huge numbers. So huh. yeah, it's it hard is, to predict strange, from our Thursday night audiences. Okay, well, let's take a break. And we'll, I think that wraps up our thoughts on the murder, murder on the Orient Express. Um, share us your thoughts. Hit our Facebook page up, The Film Coterie, and let us know if you get a chance to see it this weekend, what you thought of the movie. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Film Coterie.
right, and welcome back. And we thought we would, in this segment, we would talk about the murder mystery genre in film. Not even genre. It's like the whodunit story structure. Yeah. And even the, the whodunit structure, you know. And so um, I did a little research today on, on the interwebs and uh, about this whodunit um, structure of a film. And interesting enough, this, this structure came out in the 30s. Um, I think Blind Justice, done in 34, is the first on-screen example of a whodunit kind of film. So, um, And then Hitchcock actually did a couple, three of these films with some of his films had that whodunit, murder mystery kind of feel. Of course, it's Hitchcock, right? You know? But there's some cliches, Adam. Walk our listening audience through. What are some of the cliches or some of the, the things you have to have for it to be a whodunit? All right, so who done it is like the hamburger helper of story structures. You have a box, <laughs> right? You have the ingredients, yes. But you just got to make it a little different, a little interesting for your audience. Yeah. So maybe it's Italian, maybe it's cheeseburger. It's still hamburger helper. Oh yeah. But it, it just goes into any kind You're of making me hungry, man. Stop talking. Like that. It goes into any genre. <laughs> so with the story structure of a who done it, audiences have expectations. Yeah, it be usually set in an English manor somewhere out in the countryside. Well, it depends on the genre. Yeah, exactly. It could be in a space station. It could be in a space station, yes, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So you have an opening murder. You have your cast of suspects that are always introduced before the murder. There's always, you know, the good girl, the good guy, the guy that just came into town, the stranger, the right. priest. You know, there's yeah. all these characters that you always have archetypes of. They're introduced, someone's murdered, and then you have... One investigator or maybe the group itself investigating. You have a winding road, some clues pop up, maybe a false path takes you somewhere else, yeah. a reveal, usually a second reveal, and then a conclusion. Yeah, basically an episode of Scooby-Doo. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> I love Scooby-Doo. <laughs> well, and also, one of the hallmarks they, they said when I was researching is that you usually walk the path of the detective. The audience goes with the detective, and you get the same clues he he gets right. so that you have an opportunity to try to figure it out before he does who you think did it. And that's what makes kind of a, a good whodunit kind of a film. Yeah, the audience has this expectation of the story structure, so it's up to the, the filmmakers to make it interesting. So we, we'd ask questions. We asked people online what some of their favorite murder mysteries are. We didn't want to say whodunit in case people weren't familiar with the terminology. But Roger, I know you asked on your personal page. Yeah, I did. So I, 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 I put a post on my personal Facebook said, what is your favorite murder mystery movie? Comment below and I'll mention you on the podcast. So here's some of the responses that I got. Um, Angie from Oklahoma wrote The Jagged Edge. Have either of you seen The Jagged Edge? I don't think I have I've, not. Yeah, is it? Okay. Right. Mm -hmm. So I have not seen The Jagged Edge, but now I'm going to watch it since Angie recommended it. Yeah. Uh, my friend Tim here in Columbus said... And then there were none. It was a book about book by Agatha Christie. I know, I love made into that. a movie in the forties, and, and I don't know if this is in. This is one of those I can't remember if I've watched this, well, but I feel like I have. Actually, I wonder if you would know because I think it used to be called uh, Ten Little Indians. I was wondering. I was thinking yes. Ten Little Indians. Yes, Ten, Ten Little, Little Indians. Indians. Now, I and think I, I, see I that. and yes. I think they might have renamed it if they had you know done another remake or something, and they called and then it, and then there were none. Yeah. Okay. So I think it's the same. Yeah. My, my good friend Monty here in Columbus um, mentions a classic, my second favorite movie in this whole genre, and that's Clue. And it's just, <laughs> I love the movie Clue. I love the, 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 the bigness of it and the adventure and the whodunit. And just, I love Clue. Did you see it in theaters back in the day where they changed the killer? 
I know, but I knew that oh. they did that, which I thought was was great marketing by the yeah. producers there. So, uh, my co-host on the Film Coterie Classics, Kevin, says that the Thin Man is the print. <laughs> of course, he's going to go to William Palmer and Alloy in the 1930s. He says the Thin Man is his favorite. Uh, his wife Carly uh, pops in, and she says that Malice she thinks is her favorite murder mystery. So. Uh, that's interesting. A few others. My buddy Scott uh, from North Carolina. Seven is his favorite murder mystery. Ooh, that was scary. My, my buddy Bill here in Columbus says The Name of the Rose and M. Um, I think they both are in the whodunit. I would say are in the whodunit, and I really like M as well. Robin here in Columbus, Silence of the Lambs is hers. My buddy Keith in Arkansas, Throw Mama from the Train. Uh, now, Keith, are you trolling me? <laughs> says, the guy in the hat killed the other guy in the hat. <laughs> okay, Keith. Sounds like you're getting trolled. I'm getting trolled by my buddy in Arkansas. So, some great responses from around the country for some of our Film Coterie fans. So, speaking of Seven... I don't know if you saw this. Gwyneth Paltrow actually went as the head in the box this year for Halloween. Oh, seriously? She had a great costume. She just she just put her head in a cardboard oh box. Oh, my God. That was, I thought that was a very disturbing movie. It was. It was, very it, disturbing. It was messed up. i gotta, yeah. I got to admit with you, yes. So we also asked the question on the Film Coterie page, and we got a few responses. So um, Adam H., who was the co-host we had for the Nightmares recap, said Rope and Clue. Rope. Oh, my gosh. Great, great film. Did you guys ever watch Eight Millimeter? Yes, with Nicolas Cage. Yeah, that is another very disturbing movie. It's disturbing. Roger, yeah, not for you. I've not ever seen it. Now. It's disturbing. Okay. Another vote for Clue from Jonathan Strayton. Clue might win the day. Uh, and then our friend Chris, who is a professional troll. Yes. He said Mystic River, and then he said Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Who Framed Roger Rabbit. <laughs> so, hey, good, good one, Chris. I like it. Yeah. And for the horror genre, some of my own picks would have been Scream or the original Friday the 13th. That's before Jason Voorhees. The, yeah, the original. Yep. Yeah. I, I don't even think I saw the whole thing. I don't think I could make it through um, the whole thing. And then even uh, Usual Suspects, I would lump into this genre. I, I almost started to pull it up because I looked yeah. at it today and I thought, I, you know, I would mark that in there as well. But we don't want to talk about Kevin Spacey. In the, yeah. No, we it, do not. In the horror, horror genre? Uh, it is now. In the Western what? genre, I would do Man Who Shot Liberty Valance. That's a great whodunit. Uh, the noir, I would do The Third Man. Um, yeah, Mulholland Drive, even though it's not really a whodunit. It's more of a just a, well, who knows what that movie really is, to be honest with you. Um. Yeah. So I, I thought I had a sci-fi. Did we get a sci-fi one? What is a sci-fi? Um, did we? Th- did we write? I, I, I'm trying to think. There was one with Sean Connery. What was that one? Oh well. Um, I was trying to think of ones from different genres that are. But every genre of film has had a whodunit. Total Recall, kind of. Because yeah. he's lost his memory and he's yeah, he's, eh, a little bit. You don't know who the characters are. Yeah, I, I guess so. I but what like, about a hateful eight? Because the mystery there is who killed the innkeepers. You know they're getting yeah. there. You don't know everyone's motives yet. Yeah, that would be definitely a whodunit as well. That was like Hitchcock, you know, like rear. I know you and Roger. Rear, <laughs> rear window is another yeah. one. Yeah, absolutely. And that murder mystery whodunit kind of deal. Mm-hmm. So. So with the genre, what do you like to see done with that story structure? The whodunit. So when it's applied, I mean, do you feel like it's a 
a nice warm blanket that you kind of familiar with the structure you're enjoying it as you go along or do you like to see more curveballs come your way with what the I don't filmmakers like to see curveballs with my whodunits okay i want good old comfort see a whodunit murder mystery is a comfort food for me you know i want my english manor i want the mur- the lights to go out the murder and then the super sleuth come on the scene and, you know, I just, I, I don't know. I, it's kind of like saying you love vanilla ice cream. but So you need the parlor room scene at the yes, end. Yes, he's got to gather. the parlor room scene at the <laughs> end. He's got to bring everyone you know, together. I don't want curveballs in my whodunits, you know. But, you know, I'm, that's just me. All right, what about you, Marnie? I, I kind of like the curveballs. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, just to keep you uh, mentally engaged. Um, I guess I I don't I mean I I also really appreciate the <laughs> the straightforward like comfort ones, but I like the I like the curveballs. Okay, I'm 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 fine either way. It's just yeah. you know sometimes yeah. like my issue I already discussed with Orient Express is I I like a little more misdirection or something going on in the middle. But other than that, I, I'm comfortable with the, yeah. the structure. Um, and I'm a little different with slashers. With slashers, I just like the formula. You know, I want the killer. I want the final girl. I'm fine with all that. That just feels like that's the chicken noodle soup to the soul for me. Yeah. Very interesting. A lot of food metaphors. I'm not hungry. I just keep making them between hamburger helper. It's just very funny that the slasher slasher film is the chicken soup for your soul. For me, yeah. (laughs) It's like a warm bath. That's my partner, folks, right there. You gotta love Adam. I'm telling you. Halloween, come on. He's the horror man. I'm telling you from beginning to end. Absolutely. Yep. All right. Well, let's wrap this podcast up and come back with some coming attractions and an exciting reminder announcement for you. You are listening to The Film Coterie. All right, and we're back, and it's time for our coming attractions. And I guess maybe this episode would be big announcements would might be the better ones. Yeah, that's or a good. reminders of what you should be listening to. Well, let me jump into coming attractions first. Okay, we're not going to look very far ahead. I'm looking to tomorrow, Friday. Yes, because this is a killer weekend for film. No pun intended. I know it's the Orient Express. It just hit me what I said. Roger shaking his head. So, like here at Gateway, I just pulled that up here in Columbus. Here's what you could see on Friday: Thor Ragnarok. We liked. Yep. Murder on the Oregon Express. Yeah. I mean, not bad. You know. Uh, Blade Runner. Yep. Positive reviews from us. Killing of a Sacred Deer, I loved. I don't think you've had a chance to see that yet. Uh, Wonderstruck, we don't know anything about yet. Florida Project, supposed to be good. Loving Vincent, I've heard good things about my friend Dahmer. We will get to back to in a minute. I love this movie. Uh, Blade of the Mortal, I really liked it. And just so many others. I mean, Fight Club even. Classic Fincher. Yeah. Great weekend to head to the Gateway Film Center and check out. A, you can literally throw a dart and hit a great film. You actually cannot do wrong. Nope. Uh, and how many weekends have we ever had that where we can say, go to the Gateway and anything you pick there is going to be good to watch? Hmm. Yeah, this is another weekend. So yeah. it's a prime well, example see of great if those movies. tickets I have are still any good. <laughs> you should. <laughs> there you go. And speaking of that, and speaking of a film opening tomorrow at the Gateway... We have a pretty exciting announcement, Adam. Let our folks know about what's, if they don't know already. They no. may have already heard it, depending on release schedule. Yep. 
but we talked to Mark Myers today. He's the director of My Friend Dahmer. Uh, we had an awesome phone call with him. We're putting it together as a special mini episode. It opens this week at Gateway. We're pushing it hard. I'm excited for you to see this movie. I loved it. I think you're going to like it. I can't wait for all the people at Columbus to see it and, and just enjoy it at the Gateway. Yeah, and it was so cool. I have not seen My Friend Dahmer yet, but just to hear the director give you all the little behind-the-scene things that you'd never know. And, you know, this is a story. This guy was raised in Ohio, you know. He's he's an, well, Dahmer, yeah. yeah. Dahmer. And to hear how he got connected with the guy who wrote the story. The guy who wrote the story was actually best friends with Jeffrey Dahmer. And it's just a fast. Just listening to our 20-minute interview made me want to go watch this movie. And so if you're on the fence about whether you should go see Jeffrey Dahmer, find our special mini episode, our interview with Mark Myers, and listen to it. Uh, it might change your mind about whether you should go see it or not. And it's good to listen to if you've already seen it. it there's a lot of background info you'll get from this yes. interview. Yep. And I'll point out, I know I'm recommending it. I normally recommend horror movies. This is not a horror movie. I mean, there's no spoilers here. He doesn't yeah. kill anyone in this it's movie. It's a biopic. Yeah. It's really what it is. It's, just it's about his last. It's a slice of this guy's life. He's a senior in high school, and you're you're getting a look into his life. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right, that's our. Well, awesome. Marnie, thank you for joining us. Yes. Well, thank you guys for we're, having me. We're gonna spotlight you a little bit on Facebook tomorrow. <laughs> is there some place people can find you online? Are you on Twitter? Are you on Facebook? Well, I am on all of those. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so yeah, they can find me there. Um, you know my regular facebook page uh i am on twitter although i mean it's not like i spend a ton of time on twitter or anything i'm on instagram as well okay so awesome well you are very welcome to uh welcomed addition to our co-hosting here so thank you so much for coming tonight and going to the movies with us and checking out murder on the orient express and we look forward to maybe you coming back sometime and doing another episode with us yeah definitely love to Awesome. Okay. You can find us on Facebook. We're facebook.com backslash film coterie. Our Twitter handle is at film coterie and we're now on Instagram, another social media, what network, why not? So we're just we're everywhere now. film coterie on Instagram. <laughs> yep. Well, you can also find us on Stitcher and tune in and, and uh, iTunes and SoundCloud and SoundCloud and anywhere you can get podcasts. You can just about find us anymore. We're so. spreading around. Absolutely. All right. Well, you've been listening to the Film Coterie podcast. You guys have a great week. Go to the movies. Uh, holler at us on Facebook, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>